This is Samantha Paris, voice of the credits and the voice of character Lydia Rodriguez. Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you're a new listener, you may want to start from the beginning of this podcast so you can better follow the story. Or don't. You don't have to follow the conventions of linear narrative. I can't tell you what to do. I'm not your dad. I'm just a voice you're hearing over your earbuds. Anyway, if you like our podcast, please share it with your friends, loved ones, and arch nemeses. We work really hard on this project, and we'd love to share it with as many people as possible. Once again, thank you for listening, and enjoy the show. Jim Thorpe has fallen. My home, the place I was raised, the place I've been sworn to protect, is burning. For the first time since perhaps I was a teenager, I can feel nothing but pure, unadulterated anger. Anger towards whomever or whatever destroyed my home, and anger at myself for not being there to stop it. But anger unchecked only leads to more destruction and hatred, and hatred is the undoing of even the strongest human. I must center myself. There is a rendezvous point in the woods surrounding Jim Thorpe, in case of emergency. If anyone got out, that's where they'll be. As runners, it's our job to serve and protect the people of our compound. So we're going to head there and find out what has happened to our town. Maybe we can even reverse it. And at the very least, if there are any survivors, we can at least get them safety. In the meantime, I'll do my best to meditate and center myself. I need to channel this anger into something constructive. I need to be prepared to forgive those who did this, no matter how much it hurts. Great Spirit, please give me the strength to do this. Okay, we've reached the emergency rendezvous point, and thank the Spirit we found a member of Jim Thorpe's militia. His name is Jeremy, I think. No, 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 Jeremiah. A bit of a gawky fellow, and a little bit awkward, but very friendly. Not the type of person you'd expect to be a soldier, but most people wouldn't expect me to be a runner. Anyway, this is all besides the point. He's a scout from our militia, assigned there to direct any survivors that come to the rendezvous point to an emergency camp that the militia has set up. When I asked what happened to our town, he wouldn't tell us. I think you better hear that from the captain himself he told us. I'll take you to him. To which Lydia gave a sigh of relief and said, If Captain Martin is alive, then we maybe aren't totally fucked. You can always count on Lydia to find a silver lining. The young scout led us to a short distance through the woods to a large encampment. There are hundreds of people here. No, probably a few thousand. Some are wounded, some are covered in ash and dirt, some are civilians, but many are militia members. They were likely more prepared for whatever disaster befell the compound. I feel compelled to stop and help them all. I should be treating the wounded and comforting the distraught. But spirit, there are so many of them, and I'm a runner now. I have to get my orders. Helping these people now will be good, but getting our home back would be better. If I'm being honest, though, more than anything, I want to find my mother and my best friend Kyle. Are they still in town? Are they injured? Are they even alive? I shouldn't speculate, but... Captain Martin has probably ordered a census of who has made it out, and I don't even know what has caused all this. We'll go to the captain, we'll find out what happened, we'll get our orders, and great spirit willing, I will find the only family I have left and the closest friend I have ever known. We've spoken to Captain Martin, and the news is worse than I suspected. 
Jim Thorpe has fallen into demon attack. They invaded under the cover of darkness, and completely unprovoked. The scouts never reported the small army of demons and their worshippers coming from the west, most likely because they were caught and killed before we could be warned. The worst part is that they were able to take us completely by surprise because they had insider access. There were people in Jim Thorpe who found ways to let them in. Most likely they had been worshippers the whole time and we never even knew. I can't believe there are humans who would do this to their own kind. How can they worship a race of supernatural beings whose sole purpose is to enslave humankind for their own power? How can they infiltrate a place and become neighbors with these people and then just turn their back on them? I wonder how many of them I knew and treated, and they were just willing to throw me and my family to the demons? No, I mustn't go down this road. To think that is to ignore the lives of these people. I know that there are humans who are born and raised in Centralia. Their parents were captured slaves of the demons, and their children are born into that life. It's all these poor souls know. Spirit knows what kind of propaganda and lies that those monstrous demons fill their heads with. No, it doesn't excuse their actions, but it's better to understand a person's actions before being harsh in judgment and retaliation. That being said, there is a second side of this coin. I'm sure some of their worshippers were simply made promises of power by the demons. Perhaps they were even promised to be turned into demons when they die, so they could return to the world of the living with more power. Whether the demons have the ability to do that or not, I don't know. But I can't imagine it would be hard to convince someone that they can do that. If a person is desperate enough for power, they're willing to believe anything. I'm not angry at those people, but I pity them. Greed is a sickness, and power is an addiction. It is one that can never be satiated. They're going down a very dark path that is quite hard to turn around from. But I have digressed on the path of moral philosophy. I must finish recording what transpired during our meeting with the captain. I asked him about the other council members, knowing that if they escaped, the scouts would have reported them to him immediately. He told me that to his knowledge, only he himself has escaped. The captain further explained, saying, He has confirmed reports that my mother, Grace Shepherd, who is the head of medicine and public health, is alive, and that Thomas Johnson, head of mining and public works, is also alive. There's no sign of Anthony Projetista, the head of planning and infrastructure. He's more affectionately known by many Thorpians as Tony the Town Planner. The head of education and apprenticeship was also unaccounted for. I hope they are alive. It was good to hear that Kyle's father and my own mother were alive. But the next part of Captain Martin's report concerned me. Apparently those who reported seeing my mother and Kyle's father said they saw them walking with the demons unbound. Now that isn't to say that they were both working with the demons, or that even one of them is. They're most likely being held hostage by them. They're the town's leaders after all. It makes a lot of sense to keep them alive, tactically, and the demons are no fools. The slight possibility that either of them is now possessed, or worse, allied with the demons, is what sends goosebumps crawling up my back. Spirit forbid that be the case. Get a hold of yourself, Moses. Even Captain Martin thinks they're just being kept alive as leverage, so I shouldn't worry myself. At least I know my mom and Mr. Johnson are alive. We don't even know what happened to Councilman of Education. He hasn't been located and no one knows if he's even escaped. He could be dead on the streets. I pray that isn't the case, and if it is, 
hope he's resting well as part of the great spirit now. I hope that blessing was a waste of words. There's enough untimely death in this world. We should not have to bear any more. Once again, I have gotten beside myself. I need to finish making note of the captain's debriefing. Once he finished explaining what had happened and who was accounted for, he gave us a mission. We are to break back into Jim Thorpe under the cover of nightfall as scouts and assess the situation inside the town. We are to find out who's in charge, why they've invaded, and what they plan to do with all the captured Thorpian civilians. Now, under normal circumstances, entering Jim Thorpe would have been relatively easy, but unfortunately for us, it is a well-defended town. The walls are high and difficult to scale, the gates are sturdy, and now they are all defended by demons. It is too bad those walls could not help stop the invasion. There is a way around those walls, a way I had heard rumors about, but did not know that they were true until now. There are secret tunnels in the Jim Thorpe, one for each council member. The council member is the only one who knows about their own tunnel. They do not know any of the other tunnels of the members and only pass it down to the next member who takes their place. Captain Martin is going to lead us to his tunnel, then we are going to go in and recon the town to see if we can get an idea of how large the invading forces are and what they plan on doing with the citizens they've captured. I was about to object to the captain coming along. He may be our militia leader, but he's also an older gentleman. He was only born right after the fall. I suggested that perhaps that the only council member we have should stay safe behind. He stopped me, saying, First of all, you'll follow your orders. You may not be a soldier, but the runners still fall under my command. Second of all, I know I'm old. I'm no fool, but I can kick all your arses and barely work up a sweat. And with that, it was settled. We decided that the operation would take place the following night, since it was nearly morning already. I'm going to pray before I lay down and rest. I'm going to pray for the safety of Kyle and his father. I'm going to pray for my mother. I'm going to pray that the townspeople who could not escape the compound will live through this ordeal in safety. And I'm going to pray that the Great Spirit gives me the strength to forgive the demons and their worshippers for what they've done. Because I fear of what actions I might take if I encounter one of them. It is the 18th of September, and the year is 58 AF. I'm fairly tired. I fell asleep after praying, but it was quite restless. Okay. I have a lot to get done today. First I need to acquire some rope. I don't know about magic, but I do know a lot about faith. I think if I do this right, I may be able to put it through some rituals that can make it a useful tool against the demons. In fact, I think Kendra has a bunch of rope in the back of the Thunderbird. I'm sure she wouldn't mind if I borrowed a few feet of it to help fight the demons. I'll go see if I can find her. She wasn't in the tent when I woke up. I'll ask Lydia. Listen to that engine purr. I was worried that the trip up the mountains would be a little rough on your transmission, but you sound as sexy as the day I built you. Hey Kendra, I was having trouble finding you. Lydia was right to tell me I should just go to the Thunderbird. What do you need, Moses? Right to the point, huh? Well, if you're looking for me, I assume you want something. Well, I guess you're right. I usually am. I was just wondering if I could have some rope. I know you have a bunch in the back of the Thunderbird for emergencies, but I think I can use it to make a weapon against the demons. Moses, I don't care what you need it for. What do you have to trade for it? Saving our town from the demons isn't enough? There are plenty of other towns. Humor me. I'm a practical woman. I give you something and you give something back. Are 
Are you asking for sex? <laughs> From you? I'd probably break you. Jesus, Moses, you're stupider than you think, and apparently not so different from most people as I thought. Look, you've got to have something you can trade. Uh, a bow and arrow. I have a gun. Medical services. I'm fine. Also, you're the team medic, and you're obligated to heal me or face Captain Martin. Well, I have a lot of books at home. Once we get Jim Thorpe back, I can give you one. I can't fucking read. That's it! I can teach you! It's, it's a very useful skill. <sighs> I can count, I can hunt, fight and fix things. I don't need to read, Moses. I have plenty of manuals and engineering patents that may be useful to you, if you could read them. <sighs> Alright, Moses. I'll take your offer, but if you tell anyone that you're teaching me to read, you might wake up with that great spirit of yours you're always talking about. Is... is that a threat? It's a fucking promise. You don't need to take out that knife, Kendra. I, I get it. God, stop being such a fucking pansy. It's to cut you off some rope. Here's ten feet. Let me know if you need any more. Also, if you try to teach me to read using the Bible and get me to follow that great spirit crap, I'll cut off your pinky. It's not the same. It isn't a Christian or Abrahamic faith. Well, I mean, you can technically be Christian and believe in the great spirit, but that's not the point. Moses. Yeah? I really don't care. Hey, Kendra, mind if I grab some rope to tie the tent down with? It keeps blowing away. Sure. It's in the back. Hey, that's not fair. What the hell are you talking about, Moses? Never mind. Thanks for the rope, Kendra. I'll see you tonight. <laughs> it's just too easy to mess with him. I know, right? I, I can still hear you guys. You know, whatever. I'm just gonna go. See you tonight, Moses! Now that I have the rope, I'm gonna put it through a few rituals. Honestly, I don't know if this will work. I've never done a spell before, although I've prayed over things. I'm not even sure if I believe that a regular human like myself can do magic. I do believe in the power of faith though, so I'm going to call on some deities and the great spirit. I'm going to call on the spirit and these other deities to give the rope the power to bind beings of evil and protect us from them. I think it's best to call upon gods that are protection and fighting evil. Perhaps I'll call upon Minerva, uh, Jesus, and maybe... I'll do my best to remember what I can about the practices of these religions before calling on them. This would be so much easier if I was at home with my library. I could actually look some of this up. I guess if I was home though, I wouldn't be needing to make this rope anyway. I'm going to stop recording while I try to do this. The ritual may take a few hours, and I want to stay focused. Recording will only be another distraction I have to try and deal with. I need to put all of myself into this prayer. And then maybe the Great Spirit will answer me in any of the forms I call upon. I think I did it! I think it worked! I believe I've instilled the simple rope with the power of faith. How do I know? Well, I don't. I prayed over the rope for about two hours. I put it through some rituals, and that was it. There was no glowing, no voice from the heavens, no rush of power. Just a feeling that it worked. That's the thing about faith. There's no real confirmation, otherwise it wouldn't be faith. I just have to believe that it worked, and I believe it did. I'm sure soon I'll find out. I still have some time before we go on our scouting mission tonight. I think I'll go out and help some of the refugees. I'm pretty sure some of them need medical attention, and I am a doctor after all. Great spirit willing, I'll be able to make some lives better today. Especially in such hard times for our town. Maybe while I'm helping people, I'll find Kyle.
there's still a chance he could have escaped. Well, I just finished helping someone split and sling a broken arm. It was a pretty easy job, and she'll be able to get back to work in a few weeks. I just hope that she'll have somewhere to get back to work too by then. I'm sure we'll get the town back, and if not, we'll find a place for the refugees to stay until we can win back our home. Maybe there's some more good I can do. I'll find someone else who needs a helping hand. Oh, spirit. I, I just treated some children for smoke inhalation and burns. Apparently during the attack, the orphanage got burned down. The children managed to escape thanks to some of the older kids' help, but many of them have sustained injury. These kids, they, they weren't in good shape. Many of them are going to be both physically and mentally scarred for the rest of their lives. I might be able to do some cosmetic grafting if, if only I had full access to my medical supplies. They'll live as long as the wounds are clean to prevent infection, and that's what's important, but they'll be in some pain for a while, and there isn't much I can do to soften it. I shouldn't focus on the negative, though. I should keep helping people. Focus on what I can do. I'll see who else needs a hand. I found Meg Livings. She's beaten and bruised, but not significantly injured. When I found her, she was weeping, but she smiled when she saw me. I smiled back. Her family owned the bakery next to my childhood home, which is also the town clinic. We grew up together. We weren't super close, but we played games as children, and occasionally she'd sneak us treats from her family's shop. She's a sweet girl. She just watched her family die in the slaughter. She'd been working when the siege happened, and a demon and two of their worshippers or slaves or whatever they are broke into the store telling her to surrender and be spared or die. Her family grabbed the shotgun they have hidden under the counter, and her father came back from the axe which they used to chop wood to feed the fire. Just two bakers fighting to protect their daughter in their home. Meg escaped, but her parents didn't. I'm finding it quite difficult to focus on the positive or to forgive these monsters for what they've done. I believe that every action we take must come out of love, and I know that revenge does not come from love, but hate. But all I want to do is hurt the people who hurt my family and my friends and my home. I want them to feel the pain that I feel. I have never felt so angry in my entire life. There is one last ritual I need to perform tonight after all. I need you to help me get the others together, Lydia. Hmm? Why? What's up? We, we aren't leaving for another hour or two. I know, but I need all of your help for something. What for? A prayer. Moses... None of us believe in your spirit. Wouldn't it be kind of dumb to have us pray with you? This isn't about making you believe in the spirit. This is about my home. My town is burning to the ground, and my neighbors are battered and broken. I don't know how many are alive or dead. I don't know if my best friend is safe. I don't know what the demons are going to do with my mom. It's my home, Lydia. My home, goddammit. I just want to pray with my team for my home. Okay, Moses. I understand. I'll find the others. I've lit the bonfire and blessed the ashes I will use for the markings. The others have gathered together around the fire and are waiting for me. I think it's time to begin. My comrades, 
I know that you are not all from Jim Thorpe by birth, but you are all runners of Jim Thorpe. It is the place you call home now, even if it not always was so. Some of you may already know what it's like to lose a home, and some of you have left your origins of your own fruition. But you will not be forced to leave this home, not my home, because this town is protected by us and by the gods. My friends, take these ashes and paint yourselves with the symbols of the gods. Paint yourselves with the images of war and protection, so we may vanquish our enemies. Call on the deities that will help us win back Jim Thorpe. Moses, I know we're in the middle of a prayer, but I'm, I'm a little confused. I thought you worshipped the awesome spirit or whatever. Why are we calling on these other gods? The great spirit is the life force of the universe. He flows through every living being, including the immortal deities. They would have no life without the spirit, just as we would have none. When we call on these gods and goddesses, we are calling on a piece of the spirit. Well, I'm going to be honest, Moses. I don't think most of us know too many gods or goddesses symbols to paint on ourselves. Here, let me help. I'll paint a few to get you guys started. Then you can all mimic my own. Lydia, this is the hammer of Thor. So your shots crack like thunder. Duke, this is the spear of Athena, who will keep your mind clear and focused in the midst of battle. Charlie, this is the silver fox of the First Nation, who will keep you cunning and quick as you run and jump. Kendra, this is the many-armed Devi Durga, who will give you the prowess and power when overcoming demons. And on myself, these are the rays of Amaterasu. May her heavenly light shine upon all of us and reveal the righteous path. How many of these are we painting again? As many as we can fit onto our naked skin. Ugh, okay. Well, show me some more god symbols. Okay. Now that we have clothed ourselves in the symbols of the gods, we must take each other's hands and ask for their blessing. Do we really have to hold hands? It's only for a minute. Fine. We ask the gods and goddesses, the spirits and the deities, the forces of the universe, to bless us. Bless us with the strength to vanquish our enemies, the power to protect those we love, the conviction to do what is right, and lead us down the path to win back our home. May the Great Spirit flow through us in whatever form necessary to win back what was lost. Please, help us. Amen. Now let's go! What the fuck? My arm is burning! Did you give us hot ashes? That doesn't make sense. It would have burned you already. What? My hand is burning. What the? I can't get the mar... Ugh. I... Uh, it's happening to the Ugh. others, too. Stop recording and do your goddamn job as our doctor. You're the one that got us into this mess. Right, right. I'm sorry. You're right. Okay. I've looked over everyone, myself included. And as far as I can tell, we're all, medically speaking, fine. Everyone's vitals are normal. No one has any weird symptoms. All of us feel fine as well. The only difference between us before we prayed and after we prayed is that all of us have a tattoo on our bodies where we felt the burning. I say tattoo because I have no other way to describe it, even though we didn't let ink touch our skin. We weren't burned. There's no scar tissue or redness. When I wiped away the ash on our bodies to check for signs of damage or burning or just anything, I found that each of us had one symbol that when we wiped away under the ash was a perfect black marking of the symbol painted. Sometimes it was even 
better looking image than what was actually painted. Most of us aren't artists. Charlie's pretty good at it, and I'm okay because of the scientific diagrams I make sometimes, but I'm getting off track. It's weird. We all painted about 20 or so various symbols on ourselves, and each of us only had one symbol left over. Lydia has a spear, or perhaps an arrow, on her forearm that runs up to her shoulder. Kendra has a tree on her arm that includes roots and leaves. Duke has the outline of a hawk, or maybe a falcon, on his chest. Charlie has a horse on the side of her neck. And I? Well, I have the sun on my hand. Well, I assume it's the sun, because that's what I painted. I guess it could be a different star. The rays are disconnected from the inner circle. They won't come off, either. Lydia and Duke tried to wash those away to no avail. They just ended up with dry skin. Charlie left it, saying she's always wanted a tattoo anyway, but she was too chicken to get one before. Plus, this way seemed a lot less painful. Kendra just shrugged and said, Whatever, trees are cool. I decided not to even mess with my own. I fear that trying to remove the marking may anger whatever whomever caused this. I mean, is it the great spirits doing? I, I don't know how it happened. Or I guess I do? I guess the gods did bless us, but which gods did it, and why? Perhaps my faith is finally paying off. Maybe they heard my prayer, or maybe there are other things in store for us. Things I could have never imagined. I will not dwell on the future, though, or whether this is a blessing or a curse. I must prepare. Tonight we have a mission, and this mission will be the first step to saving our town. We're coming for you, Jim Thorpe. Just hang in there. Tribulation was written by Michael Suspaniak and Joshua Guzdowski. The script was edited by Samantha Paris. The Tribulation logo was designed by Christian Lally. It is based on a tabletop role-playing game played by Michael Suspaniak, Samantha Paris, Kelly Doherty, Don Friedrich, Kimmy Hibbs, and Joshua Guzdowski. The voice of Moses Shepard is Joshua Guzdowski. The voice of Lydia Rodriguez is Samantha Paris. The voice of Kendra is Kimmy Hibbs, and the voice of the credits is Samantha Paris. Please subscribe to our podcast to stay tuned for the next episode of Moses' Adventure, which will be released on August 15th. If you enjoy what we do here, please rate us on iTunes and let people know about us by sharing us on social media like Facebook, Tumblr, and Twitter. As always, thank you for listening. Now here's today's Mosesism. An apple a day keeps the doctor away? That's ridiculous. You need a fully balanced nutritional diet, plenty of exercise, and you should still go to the doctor for regular checkups. Who told you that nonsense? Was it Lydia?